0: Hello, I'm Barbara Ann Garcia, and I'm the host of Healthcare Untold. It is November 16th, 2020. Today, I'm with Dr. Sandra Hernandez, the CEO of the California Health Foundation, for another COVID 19 update. So, welcome back to Healthcare Untold, Dr. Hernandez. Well, thank you so much for continuing these updates with me, and you know we wanted to talk about the development of COVID nineteen vaccines, uh, good news, and their importance and efficacy. But before we have that conversation, I wanted to acknowledge that we're at another real dangerous juncture at the COVID nineteen virus transmission rate, and it seems like uh, we're seeing it all over the country. Uh, some seem to be from small family gatherings, and of course others from large gatherings with people not wearing masks and distancing. Um, you know, I'm in Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico, where today we are starting a two-week lockdown, uh, which means we're going, uh, we're not gonna go out and we're gonna only uh, seek services like food and medical care. And, you know, I really think this is an important way to try to reduce virus transmission, but it just seems like it's, you know, um, in every location and uh, locality, they're trying to make their own best decisions to, um, you know, to really bring this virus transmission down. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that, um, particularly as we move into a new uh, administration uh, that does believe in science. And so, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, where we are today, and uh, maybe some hope for the future, Dr. Hernandez?
1: So, you know, I do think uh, there is good news and bad news; both are true. Um, you know, I think uh, from a big picture. Uh, certainly, uh, having um, the president-elect Biden uh, put together a coronavirus task force with leading scientists and members from the CDC, uh, really are assessing the state of the country uh, and are, are developing policies and. Uh, and regulations that I think the entire country will benefit from if we act like a unified country against what is really the enemy, which is COVID-19. We are seeing increased case rates all across the country. Um, You know, we had them in the coastal cities. As you said, uh, now they're in the southwest, they're in the Midwest. Um, And it's probably due to multiple factors, Burra. Um, But certainly, you know, the things that each of us can do, I think people have heard over and over again. And it's important as we're going into the holiday season uh, to recognize that, you know, even though people are, frankly, pandemic fatigued and tired of being in lockdown or partial lockdown or not being able to do the things that we would normally do, um, I, I think we have to recognize, again, this virus has superpowers and what we need to be able to do going into the holiday seasons is is really uh, be very very diligent to make sure that we don't exacerbate infection, infect our loved ones, infect our coworkers, and uh, really uh, be very very socially distanced, wear masks. Um, Really, don't circulate if you don't need to. Don't travel if you don't need to. Uh, and as I've told all of my staff, I would strongly suggest that people not pull up extra chairs at the Thanksgiving table this year. And I mean just this year. Um, this is no time uh, to uh, to expand bubbles. Um, it really is... Uh, Uh, a resurgence of this virus in our communities, and it's been led by a number of things, which we could talk about in more depth. Uh, And then I'm certainly happy to talk about the good news uh, as it relates to vaccines, which uh, are coming through clinical trials and are, frankly, looking very promising as an additional tool, not a panacea, but an additional tool in our toolbox to combat this virus.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the details of why this transmission is, you know, um, really spreading. And it just seems, um, you know, um, that some of this occurred, people are going back to Halloween and engagement with families. And um, what other factors, uh, Dr. Hernandez, uh, are we should be concerned about? Um, You know, holidays are a time for family. And this year, we have to have a different perspective on that. And that means that. Uh, much smaller. I think San Francisco was uh, recommending only six people, but that doesn't mean that you invite six new people right over. Um, And so, right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I
1: think you said it perfectly, which is Thanksgiving is a time for families and what we can do right now for our families and for our loved ones. Uh, is beyond uh, cooking a turkey and making, you know, sweet potato pie, but really thinking about how do we keep our loved ones safe as we go through these winter months, including the holidays, with this virus transmitting very rapidly through our community. So I would encourage people to think about it is a time to be grateful to be grateful for those of us who have survived this virus so far and to really show our love for family by staying very, very small groups. Uh, Ideally, if you can be outside or with facial masks or separated by six feet, do a lot of hand washing, don't share glasses, don't share utensils, when in doubt put a mask on. Um, And most importantly of all, if you don't have to travel and uh, expose yourself either in uh, transit or in a new community to those case rates, um, really slowing down and stopping and really thinking about um, being grateful and loving to our families and to our co-workers by staying healthy, healthy and trying to prevent as much of this infection and as much of the death that we can pre- prevent by doing these very basic things of showing love and respect for uh, our
0: loved ones. Good. Okay. And, you know, I don't know how many times we can talk about that. And I think, you know, part of this also is, you know, I have friends who've kind of feel peer pressure to come down and visit with family. Um, and But they're having 30 people at their dinner, which is uh, probably something that you should not go to um, and, you know, try to do Zoom or try to have those more conversations with family. So I think, you know, for the listening audience, we just got to manage our, you know, our um, relationships with our community and our families and really think about the fact that um, particularly as you know as a Latina um, our community is so impacted by this and you know it's going to be really important not to be politically motivated to say you know this is just a hoax it is not a hoax and the Latino community has uh, taken on the you know a real big burden of this and a lot of that is Not the small family gatherings, of course, but the essential workers that are out there. And so even more so for those families, it's going to be really important for them to be uh, really practicing the safe practices that we've talked about, which is distancing and masks.
1: Yes, I think that's right. I mean, you know, my brother-in-law invited our family, our small family, over to his house uh, he's going to have his in-laws and his daughter and his daughter's boyfriend, and you know we just send a nice note saying you know we will be there in spirit. Uh, we'll we'll Facetime you. We'll take pictures. We'll share pictures. But this is not the holiday for all of us to be together in one house. And his response was, I love you. Thank you for keeping us safe. And I think, you know, that's the kind of message we have to give to each other, which is not this year. We'll see you next year. I love you. Share pictures. Get on FaceTime. Do Zoom. And just keep it super small.
0: And, uh, and I, I really Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with sending presents by mail. Um, and nope. I'm already making nope. a list. So, uh, you know, the post office, UPS and FedEx will have a lot of business this year, uh, for, I hope, from all of us. And I just, uh, you know, really want to, um, one, thank everybody for taking this seriously. And two, if you're not taking it seriously, take it seriously. Um, and uh, yeah, we I have plenty of say, yeah. uh, numbers to show how, uh, you know. I think the New Jersey governor, Sandra, said, uh, yeah, don't wear a mask and you want to die, right? And so I do think um, it is just so important this year.
1: Yeah, I guess I would say, you know, I mean, people can think about mortality in a lot of different ways. It is really not pleasant to die short of breath and essentially you know, dying that kind of death on a ventilator without your loved ones at your side. This is not a pleasant way to go. Uh, And so I I say that in part to break down whatever denial you have, whatever uh, sources of people who say, oh, I don't know anybody who has COVID or I don't know anybody who's died or it's a hoax." Trust me, this is real. This virus kills people. And it does so in a merciless way. And so I really, it is not a hope. And we absolutely should try to prevent as many deaths as we possibly can. And the only way we can do that is stop transmission of this virus.
0: Very good. So let's move on to some hope. And, um, you know, I'm seeing that these yes. vaccines are coming out 90%. There was a, a comment today about 94 percent, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share with the listening audience, you know, some information about the vaccines and how they work, um, and what we can look forward to. You know, distribution is going to be an issue, and we know that that's going to take us time, Um, but why don't you share what you have gathered in uh, your foundation about this? Yeah, so so
1: sure, Barb. So, uh, Barbara, I would say, First of all, it's still not too late for a flu vaccine. So if you haven't Thank gotten you. your flu vaccine, you should please do that. Go to your nearest Walgreens or CVS, or whatever pharmacy or doctor's office and get a flu vaccine. Um, but just to put it in context, you know, this is the vaccine that uh, for uh, against COVID-19 that has uh, a number of pharmaceutical com- uh, companies in this, con- in this country and others have been working really, really uh, feverishly. Uh, to try to develop a safe vaccine, first of all, a safe vaccine. Uh, And there are now more than a half dozen vaccines that have cleared safety trials. That's really important. Uh, And this week alone, we've heard of two vaccines at least that are 90% effective, if not more. Uh, Pfizer's vaccine looks to be 90% effective, um, they are going to go to the FDA and ask for emergency authorization. Uh, and um, it will, there will be significant uh, logistics to uh, deliver that particular vaccine, uh, largely because um, this is a messenger RNA vaccine, which requires very, very, very cold temperature storage, in order for the vaccine to be stable and those kinds of cold storage transit and warehouses don't really exist there are freezers largely in research institutions that have very cold uh, freezing capability but not adequate for general population yet they are working on that Um, There's another vaccine, likewise, north of 95% effective, highly effective vaccine, uh, also safe. Um, Keep in mind that these vaccines, at least these two that we're talking about now, both of them require two doses, so a dose, and then three weeks later, another dose to get full effectiveness. So that adds an additional logistic challenge. Um, But I think the biggest picture here, Barbara, is that we're going to have multiple vaccines on the market in the next, call it three to six to nine months. Um, and um, uh, we will, you know, for enough uh, uh, doses to, you know, vaccinate the entire population, that will take some time. So these first vaccines that come out will largely be offered to healthcare workers. And people who are really on the front line, in order to protect them, um, you know, we're still using you know protection gear, protective gear, and masking, and all of that is very, very challenging for the healthcare delivery system. And so, that'll be a prioritization. You know, the Department of Defense and you know other entities like that will get the vaccine sooner rather than later. Um, And once these distribution channels are worked out, uh, a safe and effective vaccine that likely will be free, it looks like all indications are the goal will be to make sure there are no financial obstacles in accessing the vaccine. Um, But I think it's important to note um, that You know, people are working very hard to work out these logistic issues on how to get the vaccine stably distributed, how to actually implement massive vaccination campaigns, which we haven't done in this country in a very, very, very long time. Uh, really not since the polio epidemic have we, have we planned and executed these large-scale immunization efforts that we're going to be undertaking in order to um, to beat back COVID-19. Uh, and then there's just things we still don't know, Barb. We still don't know, for example, how long does that immunity last? Is that immunity that needs a booster every year? Uh, is it something that actually stops infection? And does it stop people from getting a severe illness? That's something else we won't know until the okay. vaccine is actually being utilized. There's a lot more research and science to be told and to be identified and um, and validated. Um, But I think it's very promising that we have, as quickly as we have developed, uh, the vaccines that seem to be, as I said, safe and effective. And once we work out these distribution and prioritization issues, we'll be a very significant tool in combating this pandemic.
0: Well, that is great news. And, you know, um, I know the listening audience and um, the person that's not a medical provider or doesn't work for the Department of Defense, um, you know, it's just going to take us time. And, you know, you talked about the polio vaccine. I remember getting that in school uh, when I was Mm -hmm. a Small kid, and so the kinds of distributions, um, the way that they did testing, probably could be a way that they could also distribute those. And then, of course, to your medical providers and uh, county health departments, um, and of course, state health departments distributing those to the local counties. Um, and you know, this will be uh, a real important part of uh, really uh, trying to come after this virus with whatever we can, but it will t- totally. St- still need, we will need to be continuing our practices of uh, wearing a mask and also um, continuing our distancing, I think for a while, even after the vaccine is distributed. So I do think that, you know, there are ways that we're going to really improve healthcare in the uh, United States. And I think with the new administration, they're really going to take this very seriously and really try to get the best um, vaccinations that we can. Uh, for the general public, which is, you know, um, I think an important part of this, because um, that is where the uh, virus transmission is happening right now.
1: That's right, Barbara, and as you know, because you, of course, ran the health department, Um, it's so important to get the basic public health infrastructure in place, so Testing where you get a rapid result is important and our testing capability uh, still is not where we'd like it to be. I suspect that's something that the Biden administration will also address promptly, which is to get as many home tests as possible and rapid test results because the faster you can turn around test results, the better. Um, and then, of course, to, to if, if you get infected, to really comply with the health department when they try to do contact tracing. That's really a way in which we track where and how this virus is being transmitted. And that's such an important thing to be able to do. And then, you know, I have two nieces in Arizona. Uh, right now, they're in college, and uh, they and their roommate, all three of them, have COVID, and you know, quarantine in an apartment for two weeks, and so your symptoms are gone, and you can test negative. So, all those public health functions are as important as ever, as well as you know, personal mask wearing, and most importantly of all, if you talk to anybody and they say it's a hoax or they don't believe it or you know it's not real, uh, please tell them. Uh, that you know even with the remote chance that it's real they don't want someone that they love to come down with this infection and, and encourage them uh it's not political uh it's it's a microbe and uh They are the enemy. There is no other enemy in this country except for COVID-19 at this moment. And we need everybody to marshal all the resources they possibly can to help with all the public health tools that we're developing and which hopefully will be much better coordinated uh, with uh, President-elect Biden and his administration coming into office.
0: Absolutely. So for the listening audience, it's going to be important right now, particularly as the virus transmission is, um, you know, in many areas is really high, some of the highest rates since this started, um, to really stay safe, um, wear your masks, um, really think about, you know, only doing your little household holiday event. There'll be plenty of time in the future, and we want you to have a future uh, by not getting uh, uh, COVID-19. So, Dr. Hernandez, thank you so much for your time today, Um, and we really look forward to our next update, and uh, hopefully by then um, we will have some control over the virus transmissions, and they will reduce, um, and vaccines. We'll hear more and more about more vaccines being available. I want to thank you again, Dr. Hernandez, for coming on to Healthcare Untold. Old. And for the listening audience, stay safe, wear your mask, and save others' lives by ensuring that you're distancing and keeping your holiday uh, event at a very small group. Thank you so much, Dr. Hernandez. Have Thank a good you. holiday. Thank
1: nice you. with you, Barbara, and happy holiday to you, too. And I hope all your listeners do stay safe during this holiday and keep it quiet and keep it small and keep your masks on.
0: Thank you.